unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Nathan? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited about this week's episode. You teased it out last week. You said it's going to be the giant trust builder. And I know personally that trust is one of the biggest things that is actually behind most people's objections. When people come up with all these different reasons for why they can't buy something, usually trust is is at the heart of... of uh, more often than not, when somebody's raising an objection, the real reason is is trust. So I'm I'm having a feeling right now that this is going to be a very powerful episode. Well, let's see. Um, I think so. All right. So I have this friend named Jim. He lives near Toronto and he had a dog and all of a sudden the dog started biting like everybody. And the the typical solution for that often it's, it's medical or they put a muzzle on them, um, maybe surgery. I don't know all the solutions, but he found a training method to completely eliminate the problem. And he was amazed. His friends were amazed. He was relieved. And, I mean, in the, in the worst case, they might have had to put the dog down. Right. And, you know, now the dog's happy, gets along with people, doesn't bite anymore. And so he created an info product. He's a marketer. And um, the lead gen ad was very powerful. I, I think it was a Facebook ad. It said, biting dog, first thing they do is try to put your pooch down. Get a much happier solution. And he's getting a lot of clicks on the ad, but he was getting very few conversions. And so I looked at his copy and it turned out the reason that he wasn't getting conversions number one was his copy struck a very different tone that, that was a, a a scary ad they're going to kill your dog if it's biting um right that's scary and 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 that's um tone number four that we're going to talk about today i'll explain what the tones are later but the tone of his ad was scary and energetic and doom and gloom but his copy was not written in the same way it was written depressed and low energy and you know oh what was me my dog bites everybody so i said no you need to write your copy the same way you wrote your facebook ad and he changed it he matched the tone of his copy to his ad and his conversions picked right up so you see the slice of trust that we're going to, we're not going to talk about everything involving trust today. We're going to talk about something that a lot of people overlook. I've seen this happen with paid clients too. It's a matter of tone in your lead generation, in your copy, and in staying consistent with one tone, the best tone, the most appropriate tone, the most effective tone throughout your funnel. And we'll talk about that today. Beyond just tone, I know we, we're going to stick to tone today, but beyond just tone, how important is consistency in general when it comes to clicking from one page to the next or clicking from your, your lead generation to your actual sales page? Yeah. I mean, every, you know, everything should be as consistent as possible. I mean, this is 
sort of the realm of branding where you start to have the same colors and the same images and the same fonts and the same other design elements, you know, absolutely consistent. And when you get into large corporations there, they have whole, mm, you know, thick manuals, um, you know, branding style manuals. Um, and those corporations are trusted. They, they may be hated, but people basically expect, I don't know if people hate Honda, that when you buy a car from Honda, it's going to be pretty reliable and pretty safe, and and the dealers will take care of you and all that. Uh, so um, consistency is always important. But people know about those other things more than they know about this. That's why I wanted to focus on this. Nice. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. So before we get into all that, get a load of this tone. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Now, let's talk about tone. Um, it's, it's important. And and if people are scratching their heads wondering, what does he mean by tone? I will get into it with specific examples. We will go through one offer through all five different tones, and, and you'll it'll become clear as day. But first, let me just say this about tone. A mismatch of tone will break trust. In other words, if your lead generation ad or if, if the first parts of your funnel have one tone, and then your sales page has a different tone, that's going to break trust. A match will keep trust. Uh, if the lead generation and the sales page pieces have the same tone, then that will keep and build trust. So everything works better when you pick the right tone. Um, and, and I gave you a little bit of a hint of what tone was, what were we talking about? A scary and energetic uh, Facebook ad and depressed and low energy uh, copy. You can see how those are two different tones. How do you find the right tone for your copy? Well, there's three things. You need to think about who you are to your clients, your persona, how they want to be talked to by you, how they want you to talk to them, and Within all of that, what works best? What gets you the results you're looking for? So your whole funnel should keep the same tone. A tone that's the same builds trust. It does not distract the readers into starting to notice something different about your copy and then start to get that uncomfortable feeling that they're being sold. And having the same tone will actually set you apart from others because most people, you know, have you seen that commercial? for Febreze where they talk about the teenager whose nose blind, you know, his whole room smells like socks, like really sweaty, you know, foul socks. Yeah. His, mother, his mother can smell it, but he can't. Um, yeah. Most people are nose blind to the tone, even though tone doesn't really have an odor. Um, it, it, it's something they, I guess they would, I would say tone deaf would be a good word here. Okay. So now let's get into the five tones. Each tone is valid, and some will work a lot better than others, depending on who you are, who you are, who your list is, and what you're selling them. And 
again, to choose the right one, you need to think about who you are to your best clients, how they want to be talked to, and within all that, which one converts the best. So I'm going to give you examples of all five tones with something I know really well, which is selling copy critiques. Now, a lot of people sell copy critiques, and their approach is often different. I'm one of those people who sells copy critiques, but I sure wouldn't use all five of these tones to sell my own services. However, I can think of at least one person I know who would use any given one of these five examples. I'm not going to say who they are. I'll let you guess that. But as we go through them one by one, you'll see that you can use at least one of these tones all the way through a funnel in just about any business. Nice. So, so we're going to be breaking down um, like you were talking about earlier, there was the lead generation, then there was the, the actual sales page. You're going to be going through and showing examples of each one of each step and how to keep that tone consistent through each step of the process. Yeah, I'm going to show, I'm going to describe the tone, name the tone, describe it. And then I will show a a hypothetical. This is this is not actually stuff I've seen. This is how I would do it. Okay, I'll show um, a lead generation ad, and then I'll show a headline, and I'll give you a little little tip on how to how to write well within this tone. Okay. Awesome. All right. I can't wait. Let's jump into it. Okay. So the first one is called crazy energy, and this is high octane copywriting. It needs to make sense, but you can rave like a maniac with every word. So how would we do this if we were selling copy critiques? Okay, so the Facebook ad would say, get your copy hitting grand slam after grand slam. That's, that's pretty insane, right? Pretty high energy, high octane. And the headline is, your copy's like a timid little kitten. Let's turn it into a roaring lion. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's very physical. It's very kinetic. It's a lot of momentum, a lot of energy, a lot of testosterone, a lot of adrenaline, right? And, and the tip is to keep the energy high and keep it mounting, keep it growing all the way through. And then Make sure that you are the kind of person who delivers a mile-a-minute testosterone-drenched critique. Some people do, some don't, right? I can go very fast, but usually my style is a little different. In fact, I've picked tone number three as my example. So I would say this one's not me, but there are people like that. They do really good work. They're really different from me. And it would be much more appropriate for people like this to use this kind of tone all the way through their funnel. All right? Can I ask you a question real quick? Sure. Um, so obviously you just mentioned that this would be, uh, if you picked this one or picked any of these, it would, it would be dependent on, on, uh, also being consistent with how you deliver the product. How important is this when it comes to the type of person you're trying to reach? Great point. Um, well, <laughs> you know, it's sort of like dating, right? I mean, you know, you want to find, a person you like who also likes people who are like you. Mm. But the, the idea is you, you put it out there. You say, this is who I am. This is what you get. And, and you're doing that um, in a subtext way, in an implied way. 
you, you know, notice I didn't say for the lead generation ad, they've called me the the samurai on Adderall <laughs> with a little crystal meth added in just for fuck fun. You know, they, they don't do that, right? I'm not saying you should do that. But you're implying that by saying, get your copy hitting Grand Slam after Grand Slam. So the, the fact is, there are always people who like people like you, whether it's you, Nathan, or you, the listener, or you, me, David, and there are people who don't. So my assumption is it will attract people who like that kind of person. Or if it doesn't, you may need to rethink <laughs> you know rethink your approach and get a personality deck to me i don't know <laughs> i just i thought it was important because um you you mentioned that it'll that it'll uh it'll kind of showcase what you are but if if you're not that if you're saying well i want to go after people who want high energy copy but then when they get on the phone with you and they get the critique you you deliver something inconsistent Boom, you've just violated all that trust that you built up. Well, that that's right. I mean, so maybe you're pointing out something I glossed over or missed entirely. And so let's let's install it in there. After you get your lead generation ad with one tone and you get your whole funnel with one tone, you've got to be the person or the product or the service that you've just described. Because that'll break trust if it's different too. Maybe that's what you're getting at a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Okay, good. All right, let's do the second one. Um, I think I don't know any copywriters in Silicon Valley. Well, I, I know one, but I don't think he's, I think he's sort of like retired or now he's a venture capitalist or something. But, oh, actually, I do. I know a few down there. Um, but they're women. I'm not sure they're quite the personality type that I'm thinking of here. Anyway, this this would be for a, a very, this is called steady driving and it's steady as she goes copywriting. It does have a forward momentum, but it doesn't have that urgency and that, that surge of, of, of adrenaline that, um, the first one does it's calm, it's friendly, it's level headed. So what would that look like with an ad in a headline to sell a copy critique might look like this. The Facebook ad would say, step-by-step step to greater results with your copy. And the headline might say, our closely guarded system for cranking up the response in your copy. Okay? This is very different from the first one. It's, you know, very even-keeled. It, it's, it's, it's pointing towards a desirable outcome and a benefit, but it's doing it in, in a much more even-handed way. And you know, again, the the third part of it, besides the ad in the funnel, the rest of the funnel is you need to have a very systematic, somewhat rational work style and way of interacting with others for this to fully work and, and build giant trust. When you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical, who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques last time I checked. A lot of people, from the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he 
doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me I go over copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not, but he assured me it was. He said, I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So when you need a copy critique, just go to garfinkelcoaching.com and click on the services tab, garfinkelcoaching.com for a critique. Thank you. And now back to the show. So the third one is, okay, so the third tone is called up close and personal. And guess what? That's me. I would say this is more of me than any of the other four, because it means that um, your approach is very customized and your marketing describes that. So it's a combination of both systematic and intuitive. It's very focused on results, but not all that locked in on how to get them. So to use this approach, you need to think about how to describe what's not a predictable experience. And, and here's how I would go about it. For the Facebook ad, only one approach will make your copy convert better. Let me show you what it is. Hey, that's mysterious. It doesn't exactly explain what I'm getting at, but it's interesting, right? The headline is, you're not a cookie, right? So why use a cookie cutter approach with your copy when a customized approach will work so much better? Okay, so you see right there, I'm indicating that there's something um, spontaneous and personalized to the person, not totally predictable, but the results are going to be better than doing things by the book, which, you know, by implication, I'm saying a lot of the other people do. They just sort of go through a mental checklist. And to use this, you really need to know yourself, number one. And number two, listen closely to what your customers or your clients say about you. I've collected enough testimonials from clients who are already successful who say, I don't know how he does what he does, to realize that promoting my customer approach will appeal to the right prospect. Mm, so one thing that came to my mind when you read this one is I don't know very many copywriters that this would work with, uh, but it perfectly fits you. And the reason why I say that is your your knowledge of copy is so vast, your experience, your, your background in it. And the fact that, uh, the fact that you can look at copy from so many different arenas and know exactly like almost instantaneously, you can look at it and you can say, you could do this tweak, you could do this tweak. And you don't, a lot of people, especially when we first start, we, we have like a, we have a certain way that we do it. And you know, like, 50,000 different ways to do it. So you can, you can zero in on what the best way is. A lot of copywriters without that lifelong experience wouldn't be able to pull off this same approach because um, a lot of copywriters would have to say, uh, if you're in this particular market, then I can do it. Or if you're looking for this type of uh, copy, then I can do it. They have to, they have to base it off of 
this is what I know. And if you fit within this, then I can help you. Whereas you, David, you've got so much knowledge that you say, well, pretty much what I know can help you no matter what situation you're in. And that's not a luxury that a lot of copyright, uh, a lot of copywriting critique coaches actually have the ability to offer. You know, I'm imagining myself as an additional character in the Wizard of Oz looking like the uh, ancient Mesopotamian Mesopotamian King Marduk with a thousand eyes. And my song would be, if I only had a focus. (laughs) But but, uh, again, I think the reason why it works for you, though, is that um, a lot of people... A lot of people kind of get pigeonholed into what they can best serve, and you're not. You're one of the few copywriters that doesn't have to pigeonhole themselves. It's true. I just keep adding tens of the number of industries I've been in and help people with uh, every year. So, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I, I think I think it is a good fit for me. All right. So, number four. Okay, number four. So, I have a a friend, don't know if you're listening, Cameron, Cameron Powell, he, he wrote a book called Serious Magic. And I have to admit that might've, that might've informed how I named this fourth tone, although it's very different from his book. His book is not in this tone, but, um, this is called Serious Danger. And I'll say that this works very well. If you're a harsh, paranoid, or simply very critical person, then this is a good approach. And it's completely valid. And there are people who accept that as the right way to be critiqued. And uh, there are people who don't like it too, of course. Um, and, but it does work with a big enough section of the market so you could use this. And the point here is not to pull your punches, not to say, no, I'm really a, a nice guy. When, if, you're, if, you're, if you're going to be hammers and tongs, just be hammers and tongs, you know? Uh, so you'll really piss some people off, but you'll endear other people to you. And as a direct marketer, you only care about the ones who you endear to you, the ones who like your kind of approach, mm-hmm. okay? So your lead generation ad here, one, one way to do it is, yes, your copy really does suck. Don't let it tank your business. Okay. Uh, That'll work, believe it or not, for some people. Other people, you know, pull out their middle finger and raise it high and click away. Um, And then your headline is, if your copy's not working, you might as well throw in the towel now. But if you can handle the truth about what you need to do, we need to talk. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> this might this might get cut from the podcast. But as I'm reading this and as I'm listening to you, uh-huh. uh, Dan Kennedy is who's coming to mind when I re- when I read the serious danger approach. I I think you could leave that in. I don't think Dan would have any. Pro- well, you you choose. But um, but yeah, I mean, no, Dan has Dan's harsh, but he has a a little more finesse than than this. Um, but but not that bad. Uh, not that different, really. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, and 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 there are other there are other people, and you know, certainly in a lot of the, uh, well, like in the prepper market, you know, uh, or people who are fighting to keep their gun rights, things like that. You know, an approach like this is really going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Not necessarily because it's true. It may be true. It may not be true, but because people believe it. Yeah. Again, it comes down to knowing who your target market is and which tone is going to connect with them. Yep. And then the fifth one, and this was the tone that my friend Jim, who lives outside of Toronto, um, initially used with the dog biting thing that didn't work, but it could work. Um, but it, it, it probably wouldn't work for him with, with his product. But this one is called, this is number five. It's called sad and gentle. Um, in, Think of a sad song or a sad movie or a sad friend or a time you were feeling sad, and this will give you some idea. Uh, this can work with a sensitive subject, especially around health and death, but it's hard to pull this off effectively. I'm going to give you my best shot here and showing you how you would do this to market copywriting critiques. And I, I can think of one copywriter this might actually work for if she were doing critiques. But anyway, that's all I'm going to say about who I work for. Um, you know how bad you feel when your copy doesn't work? Let's change that. That, that could actually be a lead gen headline for uh, copywriting critiques. That, that that could be a Facebook ad, I mean. And yeah, that that could actually work. Okay. Now, here would be the headline for the copy. I remember the dark days of never being able to make my copy work. Fortunately, I discovered something that changed all that. And I'd like to share it with you. You can almost hear the tears forming in the corners of my eyes as I read that, right? I mean, it's it's sad. But there are, there are a lot of depressed people out there. Um, some have money, some have copy that's not working and, you know, so that, that could work too. What I was thinking when you read that was, and it's funny that you said you, you knew a female copywriter that this might work for. Um, the reason, the reason why I say that's funny is because, uh, when you were reading it, it, to me, it seemed like it, it connected on a much more empathetic and a much more emotional level. Uh, than any of the other ones. And, and when you said that, it was exactly, I was like, this is, if you were trying to reach a female, a female market, if you were, if you were writing copy that was going towards a female market and it wasn't landing and, and wasn't connecting and you wanted somebody to help you with it, this would be the approach that would most likely work for me if, if, if I was struggling with that. And, uh, I, I could imagine that, um, the person that would write this, the person that I would go to would probably be somebody who is much more empathetic than I am because I know that I, str I struggle with empathy sometimes. Yeah, I have too much of it, but that's another story for another day. But yeah, all right. Well, thank you. Um, I, I, and I think you're right. I agree with you. So let's recap um, why tone is important and why consistency is just as important. First of all, people are attracted to different styles. You've got to experiment. Experiment means put something out there and see what comes back. You know, um, you want to make your style very clear right from the get-go. Keep it clear all the way through because consistency of tone builds trust. Inconsistency of tone reduces trust. Duh. Go for building trust. <laughs> <laughs> Three, it's easier to write more effectively in a tone that matches how you actually interact with people in the marketplace. And it's important to write in a tone that effectively matches because otherwise you're going to 
get to the end and you're going to violate that trust that you built. Right. So might as well, might as well cash in on the trust you've already built. Nice. Awesome. David, this one, this is another one of those episodes where it's just got so much application and uh, touching on a touching on a subject that, like I, I've said this so many times, but I've spent thousands, tens of thousands of dollars on courses, and this is one of those so- subjects that I've never even seen touched on in any of the courses that I've taken. So thank you again for just delivering, going above and beyond, and and delivering something that we can't find anywhere else out there. Well, you're you're welcome, and I'll say there are people and companies right now spending tens of thousands of dollars on me every year. And believe me, I'm giving them some some stuff that I'm not sharing on the podcast, but I want to make some of these things that I know about available to some people. And I, I think the podcast is the best way. I think, you know, it's it's one of those sounds like a stupid chamber of commerce slogan, but I think the more people understand better about, you know, how to write copy that 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 creates good business and and a good feeling about their business and a good feeling about direct marketing in general the more we all benefit whether we're going to benefit you know financially or personally from that particular instance instance awesome all right so next time what do we have coming up on the next episode well we're working on a special guest um still finalizing arrangements for that so let's Let's uh, let's see. All right. Thank you so much, David. This has been a fantastic episode. I really appreciate it. I know the copywriters out there appreciate it too. Until next time, we'll catch you later, man. Okay. Catch you later. Thank you. Bye. If you found this episode valuable, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. That way you'll never miss a show.